What's up, everybody? So before before we jump into the usual intro, just wanted to give a little heads up. So we kept referring to this episode as a bonus episode. And in typical Drew and Trevor fashion, that's right, Trevor in the third person, we started going off on tangents, rambles, a little bit of retrospection, some very serious things and some very stupid things. And why not just make this kind of our... A season finale. So we're coming up with a new season and there's no gap. We're continuing on as usual. We just wanted to mark our each passing year around the sun with the pod as a new season. So it's going to be very exciting. We've got a lot more guests coming up. Uh, We've got finally actual bonus episodes coming up. Thanks everyone again and I hope you enjoy this not bonus bonus episode. Hey, Trevor. Welcome, everybody, to the uh, Faking Notes Podcast. Faking Notes Podcast, our first bonus episode, which is essentially another episode. But here's the thing. We get a little more retrospective. We're going to start rolling out more of these bonus episodes uh, with various clever names that are just hilarious and just wonderful branding. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll look back. We're just saying we're we're, we're dropping more content. Yeah, we Talking about Long and bonus short content, we're reflections. More stuff. You know? More stuff. And and you're gonna like you're gonna like what you hear. But mm, just, just consume, okay? <laughs> this one, yeah, consume. This is America. You're gonna you're gonna take shovel that sludge down your ear holes. <laughs> yeah, so so we yeah, we have like a our typical roaming conversation in and out, but this one is a little more retrospective. And it's it's been a, it's been a minute. In fact, it's been a year. It's a year of the Fakey Notes podcast. So we're super excited for what's coming ahead. Uh, take a listen if you've been with us on this journey, and no matter where you joined us in there, um, you know, listen in this. I think we have some like oddly keen insights <laughs> that we reach to oh. together through our mutual therapy session that is this podcast. And I love it. Uh, so yeah, I guess like the highlights we're talking about video game culture and how that relates yes. to music and companionship and how that changes over your life, how your goals change uh, in both your career mm-hmm. and your life and as you grow older and as you gain different skills and how to handle that. And we probably crack some dumb jokes along the way, but I think you're going to like we, this We one. also talked about... Uh, we, we also liked... We talked about how we... Um, and sorry for interrupting you, bro. We talked about that. You know, we talked about how we've kind of like grown since like the first episode about like how we've uh, maybe we've felt, and I'm sure you've noticed, but we've felt uh, implicitly how uh, we've kind of changed our communication styles. We we listen to each other. Just also with our guests, we've talked about that. I, I didn't, even, didn't even bring it up, but it crossed my mind during our conversation how like... Even like personally, how I've noticed, I got better after doing improv classes. Like I just felt like I became mm-hmm. a better communicator. So it's really cool to like chart that change over time, and just to see how we've grown and evolved in communication. That was one of our goals: was to go through, do something fun, do something consistent, and just to bring back communication. And particularly at the end of this bonus episode, I think we really get back to the to the heart of that and so enjoy enjoy the ride and we're, we're super mm-hmm. excited for what's up ahead if the world wasn't on fire and mm-hmm. uh 
under a full-blown pandemic, we would have thrown a giant party. But for now, we're just going to keep on going, doing what we're doing. And we'll celebrate with y'all soon. Parties can wait, but uh, this podcast can't. So let's get it going, boy. (laughs) Five stars. Enjoy. Looking back, uh, I guess I was always destined to be a dump truck influencer. (laughs) Speaking of this, welcome everybody to our first (laughs) Faking Notes bonus episode we we actually bonus episode. let's figure out what uh what, what branding are we gonna even do for <laughs> we, we don't have a segments we don't even have a segment for like these no. just random thoughtful looking back so why are we doing a bonus episode drew content content baby keep pumping content. it out content is law dude this is capitalism we the, gotta keep producing the content is always right Yes, it's uh, content is king. If you if you follow the uh, the teachings of Gary V, this is America. Content is the president that was elected by a minority of voters. In <laughs> <laughs> select are areas, still a part of the majority. It's yeah, weird. it's very electoral weird. college is weird, bro. <laughs> Dude, it's messed up. Speaking of electoral yeah. college, so this is this is our bonus episode. We're gonna have different types of bonus episodes. Very clever. Uh, hilarious names that are great for branding, but that is for another day. So we'll, mm. for, and, and some of these, uh, they'll be exclusive to our OnlyFans listeners, our Patreons, whenever that happens. Some of them will be available to the general public, which currently, that is all of you. And we'll be we looking- want to distinguish- ba- yeah. We'll be looking back fans. at some people. Yeah, OnlyFans. With the M, with the M, okay? Yeah. Don't don't slide my DMs asking for pics of my feet, dude. Feet pics extra, dude. You still you you gonna have to pay for that. Adobe subscriptions, like that's <laughs> feet for Adobe subscriptions. Exactly. It's it's got to be quid pro quo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so we'll go through. We'll review. We'll we'll maybe clip up elements so, of so the past. Trevor, I never asked yeah. you. I never asked you, why do you think people want to hear us review our content? Because we need to force them to listen to stuff without us having to produce new content. It's great. Mm. It's we are we are grinding them in. We are getting them hooked on the product. Oh, it's like holding their eyelids open and then showing them <laughs> lots of images. It's clockwork art. So this is br- so is this like is this propaganda? Is that what we should call this? Just, just po- like propaganda, just faking notes, <laughs> yeah. propaganda. Yeah. Instead, of, yeah, it's not Clockwork Orange. It's Podcast Orange or whatever. Podcast. Like, we're holding them down there, and they're gonna have to look at it. And apparently, when they were filming that scene, I haven't even seen that full movie, even though it's such a classic. Yeah. Uh, it's a staple of the rep as far as psychos mm-hmm. go. But apparently, uh, like during that scene, they're sitting there, they're holding the guy's eyes open, and it's like very disturbing and they're you know making them watch these videos over and over why why they had to do the eye drops was actually because it wasn't for the film or for dramatic effect of constantly dropping water in his eyes it's because you will go blind if you don't blink after a while and since you couldn't blink while filming this he was actually getting tortured they had to drop water to kind of keep himself from going blind because the whole point of blinking is to like moisturize and clean your eyes. So sidebar, uh, Stanley Kubrick, 
tortures did people. He, did he win an Oscar? I can't. He's he's won a number. Well, he's famous for torturing people because, of course, he does uh, The Shining. And what's her face? The poor lead actress was just obviously abused and miserable through all this. And I think she, I can't remember if she quit acting after. He was just so horrible to her to get his results. And because he's well known and he's famous, you know, back then you get a pass. Like now it was obviously abuse. He also. It's okay, they were abusing this yeah. poor woman. But hey, for Oscars. Oscar bait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Before, before we keep going down this rabbit hole, mm-hmm. I want to get us that. I was asking about the actor who was tortured. Like, that's some Daniel Day-Lewis type shit. Like, did he... <laughs> that's some, like, Leo Deca- Leonardo DiCaprio Revenant type shit. Like, did he get any recognition for being tortured on I camera? I have no idea. I, they, that movie always makes the top, you know, your top 50, top 100. Clockwork Orange. Like, either films or horror films or villains or creepies. Because I guess the most recent equivalent of someone who's a psycho in film is is no country for old men uh what's his face javier um with the the haircut that's a that's a great movie that one it won best picture i'm not a cinephile yet man you were so you're so ahead of me in this realm i can i can (laughs) spar with you on many subjects but it's usually when we get to cinematography, like I, I can like figure out how they did it, but I don't know the history of cinematography very well. I only loosely. Uh, we're, we'll bring on. Uh, we're learning. Friend, we're gonna bring. We'll bring we're on the right friend uh, Will McGee. Another shout out. We mentioned him before. He's the cinephile who watches. Right. He's going. Mo- he he watches a movie essentially every day, multiple movies on some days, mm. and mm. so I've I've corresponded guy. with him, and and he has since mentioned interest and was like hey thanks for the last shout out here's a shout out too in our first bonus episode and and what's nice about him is he's got this method he will go through and for for instance for now he's going through all of disney all of the disney movies that were the buy or influenced by disney he'll go through the catalogs of a director uh like kubrick number five and rates them does a little review and then he moves on to the next film uh, so that's like a cinephile who knows what's going on. He's reviewing it. He's processing it. That's his podcast if we had podcasted I, I would day. watch his YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of YouTube videos I watch. <laughs> but he's a, he's a super interesting – he's just a great – he'll be a great person to have on because he he also like runs a jazz radio station. All oh, while being – he's, he's not – he wasn't running around with a music degree or a film degree. He's just a very interested and interesting person. So we'll we'll drag him he on here. Books. He reads books. I he has knowledge. Books. But knowledge. <laughs> so with this so bonus episode, this. before it turns into just any of our normal episodes, let's yeah, talk a little we're bit. Slipping away about we're what slipping you're, away. We're reverting into old habits. This is supposed to be unique. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about movies and World War II. And and booties, <laughs> so so it can stand apart. <laughs> depression, dude. That's literally yeah, that's like, literally depression. Music school booties. World War Two. Yeah. Dave Chappelle. Always some booties um, involved. But <laughs> so so with this, we're gonna start rolling these out because we are we are blown. We have blown past one year of the Faking Notes podcast. One year. It's see Trevor. Trevor, I, I don't think you've ever like done content creation. He's blown away. Yeah, like he his Drew's brain just like, is year seven. I'm just like, <sighs> bro. I'm like, dude. Like, 
I'll, I'll feel like this way after five. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we've already been here, but I'm so excited that you're excited and I'm, I'm excited to grow this. And so I think that yes, after a year you grow, you add new things, you try new things. So and, that's what we're doing right now. And so maybe what's nice about this is that we can contain thoughts because we've done this before in past pods where we're, we're talking about the numbers, what we're going to do in the future. But maybe that's one of the things we could do as part of bonus content is keeping the oh. specifics, like keeping it. We can keep it out of the regular pod so that we just don't I go in. I hate accountability. I know. Yeah. So because then people are like, hey, do you want to make a video for Marriott? <laughs> It's like, yes, but I have accountability. <laughs> I have accountability. We can so so maybe we just like throw that when in the occasional bonus episode so that we're not boring our listeners because I know as we yeah. now know a lot of people who are listening are also podcasters, and mm-hmm. now that uh, you multiple times and I'm starting to go on other podcasts and we're promoting this podcast promoting what we do, and like those are some of our most dedicated listeners. Shout out Booty Paul. Mm-hmm. And um, shout out. But one of the one of the things, yeah, I think it'd be nice just is to openly talk about the business. And a person, again, I know almost nothing about, but apparently he did this uh, was was Howard Stern, you know, provocateur, well known interviewer. Uh, apparently, he would open up in Trumpian fashion his episodes and like read off his numbers. And uh, but mm. but while that's uh, braggadocious or whatever the right word is. A big mm. word for brag. Um, I don't think we want to reveal our numbers. Yeah. I I, th- I think we would... We uh, can retain? <laughs> it'd be kind of like, it'd be kind of, it'd be kind of like, yo, uh, hey, you want to see my junk? And then you drop your <laughs> drawers and it's like a micro. It's a micro penis. No, but here's so, the thing. So maybe we don't, I yeah, don't want people- set the specific, but here's, <laughs> here's, here's some of the, the things that, going off of averages... Yeah. Average listeners, after one year, we're in the top 50% of all top podcasts. Top 50% of all pot. Yeah. What? Yeah. Just off of average downloads. You can look up these numbers. Where we're not <laughs> is in the top 20%. <laughs> and there is a noticeable difference. But just for, because I'm looking at this not for uh, either self loathing or self appreciation. It is just for a perspective. And so looking mm. at, you know, how many downloads. Dude, Across this is educational podcasts. for me. Yeah, so Dude, I looked it I up. I just put my head down. <laughs> because, I mean, that's because I'm always d- digging around in the data or whatever. Yeah. So we've got, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the nice things is that thanks to you all, you know, they're dedicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and by the looks of the data, it's a lot of people like us. Whether in our age mm-hmm. range, whether it's our interest and as far mm-hmm. as I can tell by going on like other people's pods and then now interfacing more with our audience, which we want to do more, mm-hmm. <laughs> all I can tell by just these conversations, we're able to talk to people who listen for hours, hour and a half, two hours. And it's a great yeah. conversation. And mm-hmm. I think it's because <laughs> somehow surprisingly, but yet should be unsurprising, is that our listeners are listening, listening to people like them. <laughs> yeah. You know what's so interesting too is like remember when we started uh I think it wasn't the fr- it wasn't this first episode but in our early episodes we used to be like we're trying to learn how to talk y'all. We're trying to learn <laughs> how to have conversations that aren't just 
exclusively dick jokes, right? It's 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 so interesting because like the transition from a child to an adult is like such a giant leap. And one of the biggest distinctions that you can tell from somebody who is uh, more or less mature is their ability to have a conversation because a conversation is like a dance. And one thing that I noticed from going back is like how I've like gotten much better. I still have a lot mm-hmm. to grow, but I've gotten better at letting other people talk, letting other people express themselves without jumping down their throats all the time. So I'm proud of that. I'm jumping. I'm jumping. No, <laughs> no it's actually for both of us. Uh, Again, since this is bonus content, so now I've, we can feel less guilty about just talking about ourselves on our own show. That's nice it can <sighs> exist here. Uh, <laughs> is that... <laughs> still feels weird. Yeah, it still feels weird. But <laughs> one of the things, too, uh, everyone, we, oh, we're looking back. We're going to start rolling out little clips of previous content, putting this thing together. Because we just know there are hours and hours and hours, you know, 75 plus hours of content floating around there. And not everyone except uh, my sister and Boutique Paul, have heard all of this content. <laughs> Shout-outs to my sister. Dedicated listener. She she calls me out. It would be like Tuesday morning. She'd be like, where's the pod? I'm like, ah. Uh, see, It's bro, the producer's but... producer. She's she's <sighs> on me. She's like, where's the pod? I'm like, bro, I'm like, bro I got, let me I tell you. <laughs> bro, the one thing that I do love and the reason why I love doing this with you is because I'm learning how – I'm growing and you're growing and we're growing complementary to each other because the way I view things are so different than the way you view things, but they like compensate for our respective uh, places that we need to grow. We're the left and right booster rocket. Bro. Yes. Yeah. Jab, 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 right hook. You're good at jabbing, bro. You're good at just like pop, 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 (laughs) soften them up. (laughs) And I come out of nowhere. You know, like Sasuke, and just like kick him in the <laughs> kick him in the chin. You know, <laughs> it's been really neat clicking back in. Also, to see one thing for both of us learning how to have conversations mm-hmm. uh, was the goal and one of the benefits. And I can kind of tell already for both of us reviewing the earliest interviews. Well, the first two were kind of before we even know what we were going to do. They were recorded before even ours. So that's particularly special. Uh, Seeing what's stayed from then, but even as we go, trying to, you know, get out out of the way. That when we do jump in, we contribute something. And Mm -hmm. to to keep it a a conversation as opposed to a full interview so that the guest isn't, the spotlight isn't on them for such a long time. But I think both of us listening in, being more conscientious, I've noticed – when when us because we read all these things you know we got all these ideas and i feel like we can comment either something serious or something stupid about virtually any subject the restraint is the hardest thing to to bring in and be like okay like this this isn't this moment's not about me which is hard <laughs> i think as artists that's pretty hard too uh because when we're performing the music's in front of us so if we're resting We've been, someone has told us to not be playing. Someone has told us to stay out of the way. And bassoon, viola, we're told to stay out of the way a lot. <laughs> a lot. All the time, dude. 
you'll sit there, it's 40 minutes in, and you're just sweating because that eight measures that actually matters is coming up. <laughs> wait till, wait, just just wait till this slowly comes and then we, they won't even know what hurt, what hit them. I'm going to emerge from the texture. Yeah, and, the, and then all those people in the audience are like, oh, I love cello. And you're like, God damn it. Oh, God <laughs> the, those big violins over there. <laughs> They sound kind of pretty right now. What I love the piccolo. Son of a bitch. <laughs> but maybe maybe that has something to do with it. And that <laughs> compared to our violin, our trumpet, our lead melodic instrument counterparts, most of our career is spent supporting people. <laughs> You're listening being, to the minorities. Yeah, being the, a part uh, of the being a part of the texture. Like that's <laughs> That's what we're supposed to do, providing support for someone else. So, oh my God. And a little bit yeah, of we're, we're retrospective. The we're the... <laughs> <laughs> I, I also, uh, I love everyone like laughing. Of course, the help goes on Netflix and then it becomes number one for a day. And it's it's the typical, it's uh, the, the white pad on the back. It's like, oh, we, they weren't all bad. <laughs> Look, you know, it's Emma Stone. There was, I was listening to How Neil Feel because I'll go on record. Should I go on record? Since it's a bonus This is episode, bonus. You can be. On, I'm going to go on this record. Is... I got a thing for Bianca, man. There's something about her. <laughs> She's so intelligent. She's so funny. Uh, and I, I don't know. I really I appreciate that. So I love listening to, I love the way her brain works. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started listening to podcasts because I saw a clip on uh, IG and they were talking about uh they were talking about at some point you know how every once in a while there's a whole genre of Sorry, like, will you just clarify what the name of that podcast is? How Neil Feel. How Neil Feel is a good it's a great podcast. I like it. Um you know, it's very similar to ours. Like I'd never listened to it and now I'm like, oh, we're kind of in this weird like I saw this thing on the internet. It was crazy, bro. <laughs> right? So that's kind Probably of like did. the genre we're in. <laughs> so I'm listening to this podcast and they talk about, and it's so true. There's a whole genre of uh, movies where it's white people being shitty to black people. And like, <laughs> you know, I grew up watching these movies, you know, where they document, they talk about Rosewood. There's a movie called Rosewood where they talk about the Rosewood Massacre, the whole thing. And I went to the whole, I went with my brother as a kid and my mom, it was back when my mom and dad were still together. We saw it as a family. We oh, saw God, a oh whole, yeah, that's what my, <laughs> but no, no, we would like as a whole family and it, we were around, it was all black people. In it's the like theater. the big short for white people. <laughs> Bro, and so, but, I think white people would just buy the DVD to see what it was. What, what, what is this? They wouldn't go to the theaters. What did they I would miss? just buy the VHS, you know what I'm saying? And then they would like sit there. Oh my God, we did this to the black people? Great, Scott. You know, I would never do it, that. Meanwhile, stop kneeling. <laughs> what, uh, 12 years a slave? I was. You see these things, yeah. I was about to bring that up. So it's that typical, I remember when 12 years a slave won it. And so... I mean, there's so much context behind this, but, you know, it's, oh, it won best picture. It's kind of like the Obama is president and racism is over. It was that for the Oscars. It was like, oh, 12 years a slave won the Oscars. Racism is over. (laughs) And the only movies you see, the only movies you see about African-Americans 
or or slave movies, gangster movies. It's the same with uh, Latina and Latinx women. You know, they're they're spicy. It's Jennifer Lopez. They're dancing and they're just loud. <laughs> And and like it's true, like like every stock, like you were not allowed to see anyone. Everyone, if you if you had a moment in the film, it was tokenism. You were there to fulfill a role. You had your one slot. You were the friend. You're never the lead. You're the villain. And if you were ever, you were put. If you were ever not in in a movie that's about slavery, about civil rights, about gangs or something, the only thing you could ever be even if you were given a good role or something it's you were given a white story so they just slotted in a white person into a no it's just like okay will smith <laughs> is here but the story is still white it was never only until very recently do you see movies and films where the it they're just not telling white stories with people of color and like that's like a, that's like a big thing uh, and like that's what's it's missing. Huge. So it's that's kind of like you know like missing the point is when the help goes on there. It's like does that make African Americans suddenly like super happy? Black people are very happy. No, because that movie is made for white people to to rid their their white guilt. And I I saw you get a, you get a lot of that. That's what a lot of beef was with Green Book, which is a little a little more nuanced, um, but it's even still. There were just a lot of mishandlings on how they promoted it, how they consulted with the actual family. Green book, yeah. And and that's the problem yeah. because on its face value, like they did a lot of things right. Like the composer for it, Chris Bowers, African-American, wonderful human, very mm-hmm. skilled. The I love a, the movie. A great composer to play it. The movie's enjoyable. And then they went out there and they went up on that stage and they're accepting their Oscar for best picture. And who did they think? Twice, Viggo Mortensen. <laughs> Thanks for bringing this film to life. Who did they not mention? Don Shirley. The, the movie was about him. If it was Einstein the movie and they went up there and they didn't think Einstein or the Einstein family or whatever. For whoa, living. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, for existing. If they went up there and they're like, you know what? We, the, you know, they don't even mention the Einstein movie. Thank you, Will Smith, for being such a great Einstein. Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith. It just never mentioned the, like what the movie's about. It, it was mind blowing and it was so tasteless. Um, and they they really shot themselves in the foot. But there's example after example of this where it's like, hey, we we need to be telling. It's not about just representation on the screen. It's about representation of the stories. And you see that even even something that's hedged in superhero and comics and like, like Black Panther, look at what they did. It was beautiful and they it, it had some more nuance in it and it's housed just like how we talk about it was accurate yeah. kente cloth like, attire. Com- accurate combating you know, <laughs> yeah like we've talked about you you can come to terms with things that are comic you know through comedy and another way Actual is through culture. all of our entertainment and so couched under the veneer of superhero movie where all of these african cultures pre and imagined a future uh without extrapolation col- yeah, without colonialism mm-hmm. and so um speaking of we've talked about it a while back but i finished the series and it was incredible abstract Season two on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's episode six. One of the later episodes is Ruth Carter, and she was the costume designer for Black Panther. Yes. 
Yes. Absolutely incredible. And so she's done she did uh Selma, she did Spike Spike Lee's uh Spike Lee's movies and all these other things. And like now, of course, because of the Oscar and Black Panther winning the Oscar, she's getting a lot more credit. But just an incredible story, incredible person. And she talks about the research going into, but also her life and how it influenced uh, everything she does. I think my roommate, I think Mindy and I watched that together, actually. It's incredible. We watched a couple of episodes of Abstract after your recommendation because I – it's so funny. This podcast is influencing people in my life, like – because you told me about abstract and you sent it to me, I sent it to Mindy. Mindy's obsessed with it. And she came back to me and said the same thing about uh, this episode. And so we watched yeah. it together and it's just, you know, it's crazy. The professionals that win things that are, that are people of color are actually also good at their art too. In a lot of cases, it's not this tokenism. Oh, it's not this like she crushed affirmative it. action thing. You can they see it. It was things. a year and a lifetime, and she's flying out there, and she's on set, and she's working all this time, and just brings so much to everything. I think some of the most revealing moments, looking back over this past year, has been through our conversations, like you just said, discovering other things. Being in LA has been nice because there's so many free, like Netflix is putting up events, and I just remember going to a couple of things about music, which actually wasn't super useful for us because we know it, we get it. Uh, it takes a lot to kind of surprise us. As a composer, you know, rarely am I kind of blown away by anything. It's like, you know, you know, uh, research. I'm like, yeah, I, I research, duh. Uh, you know, we'll use this series of notes that was pulled from whatever. And everyone's like, well, I'm like, every composer does that. Like, that is not unique. But what was fascinating was learning about these things we don't think about. The hair person. I listened to a great show on Netflix one one season, Russian Doll. I listened to the – it was some dude from Brooklyn, and he did the hair. And he talked for 15 minutes in depth about the design and the coloration of hair. And it was amazing. And then production design for When They See Us. He went in there, and he just talked about going around Harlem for forever and trying to capture the exact – time period, look, feel, down to the dirt and the scrubbed mm. on the signs and going in and trying to set up these homes of these kids so that they could be very accurate to what would have been in someone's house in the 80s or, mm. or early 90s of uh, throughout the whole Central Park 5 scenario. Like just the depth, the detail and research, these things you don't think about, but what they convey to the story so on, so on and so forth. But like looking mm -hmm. back, like the best part about this part two is discovery because Drew will just text me some like wild thing like late at night. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and Drew's, Drew will be, be like, dude, there's a, a one week at a time World War II documentary that's blowing my mind and like, send the link. And so <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Isn't it good, dude? It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So I, I don't I don't know I don't know if I'm gonna go down that rabbit hole because mm -hmm. I usually watch that to fall asleep and then I have to re like go back. Dude, I got you. You know 
this is something that happens in my life. When I'm depressed, I just look at World War II documentaries. <laughs> like I just That's the reminder of like, hey, it, it was worse at some point. It was what dude, they were shooting people in the streets, bro. Like when the Germans marched west into Russia, we do, in western media, we don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. I don't know why we don't talk about it. It's this weird residual Cold War uh, BS. We don't mm-hmm. really empathize or try to see the perspective of Russian people. I don't understand that. Hitler went into <laughs> Russia with the idea of killing everybody. It didn't, it didn't matter. They were going to take their land. It was straight up, let's take their land, take their resources, kill entire cities, decimate it, decimate it. That's what they were dealing with. And we over in the West are like, oh, we won World War II. We kicked Hitler's booty. The Russians prevented extinction. And they sacrificed their bodies. Millions. The the scale of how many people died in that. Over 8.5 million Russian soldiers lost their lives. 8.5 million. Of the 60 million. And those are the those those are just soldiers. There were thirty five million Soviet soldiers in total, right? It, Can you even imagine it's losing? It's like wipe out all of North Carolina. Like if you just lost a state, you just sunk a state into the ground, and everyone there is gone. Uh, and not to get too buried gone. in the world war, but I think with this podcast, yeah, because yeah, yeah, otherwise, yeah. <laughs> to keep to make this more bonus, no, I it's not a normal one. The thing that is fascinating, too, and that I've liked about doing this, is actually just how much we talk about things that aren't music. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, isn't that weird? We had all these other interests, and from the people who've reached out, uh, they always say the same thing, which is kind of true what we're going for. They're like, oh, it's like really, it's like funny and entertaining, and then it gets like really serious real quick, and then it goes back. And <laughs> yeah, if you think about it, that's what we we are. Uh, I mean, like that's I don't I don't really have Art. a whole lot of in between. Uh, I even think musically, a lot of my pieces or things I do, like artistic output, are either very very serious, or very stupid, and I love yeah. that. very entertaining, <laughs> and I have no problem. Like that's my. My happy ground. And I, I like that on this podcast, we can be that. And then other people, as we encourage them to do, is to follow their other interest. For us, it's conversation about other things. That is my peak interest. I look at things because I want to think about them. I want to talk about them. And then, you know, I just have a, someone to talk to it about uh, in you and just have engaging conversations for over 75 hours. In one year, and that's only the release stuff. Seventy-five hours yeah. of conversation. I don't know if I've, you know, who else I would have talked to that much in actual conversation. Bro, did did you grow up with a corded phone in your <laughs> bedroom? Not in the bedroom. There was one down in the basement. It was like in this bedroom. football phone. Oh, you had it in the bedroom. In the bedroom. That's hardcore. Bro, I never so had a phone I in was, the bedroom. So in. Bro, in middle school and high school, I was always talking to people. I was always on the phone. <laughs> I was always talking about stupid stuff with people. So this actually is bringing me back to like 
my childhood in a little way. Like my my high school girlfriends, I would be on the we would fall. Sometimes I would like wake up and we'd still be on the phone. <laughs> we'd just be talking on the phone all night, man. Just like that's interesting. I was know? not like yeah. that until yeah, I think right around maybe very end of middle school. Maybe. I, I did not talk. I peaked. I did not talk to anyone really. I was very shy, introverted. Read a lot of books. Uh-huh. And then right around that time where it's time to be cool, and I was sick of being mm-hmm. a little loser, I, I stopped reading as much. And like, finally, maybe it coincides with going online video game Xbox Live. Uh, but but some of my best memories are just literally wasting time on video games. And why? Because we were just chatting. It, we were able to divide the mind. You're kind of half occupied with something. You're half just babbling about whatever. <laughs> and are probably insulting, is, saying horrific things that are yeah. worthy of cancellation. Ooh. The trans- I've been, I was called the N-word so Re- many times. Oh, no, you have to. Oh, my and God, like, there's, It's just... Like it's just inward city. It. It's like party city, but like yeah. every variation of inward. Like the the insults. It's like a twelve year old. The insults that came out <laughs> of the mouth. Like and, and I've talked about this before on the pod. You know, like the thing. My my walls are thin. There's no way my parents didn't like sigh in shame. Oh, like wow. every time they're like, "Oh my, my sweet boy, I'm gonna fuck your mom with a stick. I'm gonna fuck your family. I'm gonna find where your family. Yeah. I'm gonna FedEx them a photo too. of me having sex with a FedEx person. You know, like just the like the list." <laughs> Uh, of just like random insults that would have come out of a 15 year old's mouth uh, it's it's a good thing you couldn't really you capture creative. capture voice and those were horrible things but bonding companionship marching band in high school was that maybe like the sports and orchestra you're like your colleagues like that could have done done it for you like Bonding was a big important part of that. I stopped playing mm-hmm. games for a long time. One, because I played too many and I wasn't getting anything done. But two, <laughs> really, it's because other friends stopped playing. I think that's mm-hmm. why. That's the number one. That's the number one reason. That's the number one reason. I stopped playing. I thought it was, oh, it was a waste of time. I needed to practice, do other things. But in in actuality, yeah. because other people, the I was only showing up for the friends. I started to try to play some games and just on my own, mm-hmm. online games or whatever, because there's no end point. Uh, unlike now, if I do play something, I'm trying to like study the game, its aesthetics, its story. It's it's got an end. It's got it's so got an end kick point. Your friends ass. Yeah, it's got it's got an end point. <laughs> but before, since you're playing Switch and Smash and other things, like I haven't played any online games in so long or actual com- multiplayer games, uh, and I miss. When's it your because- birthday, Trevor? April twenty third, so I gotta, I gotta go around oh, the sun again. I missed it, bro. No, no, no. I don't, I'm, I'm not a big birthday. Person. We weren't together because of COVID. I know. I was, bro. I was finishing up having COVID, so, <laughs> so that was not Happy the best. Happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay. that's where I, I had w- these I conversations. Fix that. I want to fix that. I want to fix that for you, bro. Because I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man, it could be content. Uh, I I just want to say, friend of the pod, (laughs) John Hong, is the sweatiest Smash player on my friends list, aside from Jeremy Jones, another friend of the podcast. They are both tournament level, and 
and you have a relationship, so I understand. I don't. I'm single. <laughs> I have time. I get bored and lonely. So it's been a great outlet. But uh, I just don't want to get my butt kicked by Wh- them anymore. Why I played so much at my peak, I was playing a ton. It was things like Call of Duty, Battlefield, mostly Call of Duty. And where I'd play like 20 days on two separate Call of Duties. It's 40 days. 40 and not, days. not calendar day. Like, 40 24-hour chunks on these games to get to max prestige. And the moment people stop going, you'd think part of of the hook is, and it's by design, these level-up systems, these things things to keep coming you back. That's the game design. But actually what kept me there, even if I got to, say, ninth prestige, I didn't, in the end, it didn't matter. It mattered about impressing other friends, being with them, supporting them. I would play for eight hours, and it was awesome because I was goofing off of friends, and it helped to be pretty good at it. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get good at it after after such a long time. After that, but, <laughs> but my the best memories were in games. So I'm just like the happiest goofing off. You had a full team, so you had an advantage. You were gonna smoke most other teams, but also goofing off and doing it in front of each other. So, for instance, Call of Duty, the the equivalent, since you can't see each other's screens we would play search and destroy which should be the it's the it should be the most like hard hardcore because if for Mm -hmm. for those who are out there who don't know it's not like you just keep playing 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 during that round if you die you have to sit there and watch everyone else and we loved it because it was you could see each other uh you could only talk to the people who are still only the people dead could talk to each other or out of the game only the people alive could talk to each other and nothing was more thrilling than when it was that's perfect then when it was that you're 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 either (laughs) you're dead and you're all like commenting on what the other person's doing because you're seeing their each and every action and you're all laughing he's in the corner he's in the corner oh you're like oh my god dude oh my god 11 o'clock oh my god yeah and and (laughs) everyone doesn't see it so he's just crouching or (laughs) or they see you you know you're you're um Crouch stand, crouch stand, crouch stand, teabagging someone. And yeah, <laughs> but, but or it's just you and you know all, you know, five of your peers. It's kind of like uh, performing for a jury, a <laughs> uh, music jury. Oh, yeah, all your peers oh, are sitting yeah, there watching dude. you. They're not Bro. saying anything to you. But if you if you own, if you do a great job, you know, you feel like the king. But like that's there's a few highs of appreciation the the dopamine is incredible it's like you won the battle yeah it's like you just defeated an enemy tribe (laughs) you were you were you felt like you were an actual war and you 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 did something for humanity other than like make your parents sad uh (laughs) bro let me tell you something that um, okay so take that and the reason why i was so addicted to apex legends i'm gonna i'm gonna explain it to you Mm -hmm. is because when you drop out of the plane, there are 50 people. And if you die and your squad's wiped out, you're done. You're out of the game. The point is to be the last squad standing. Mm-hmm. So there are moments, especially in an early game where you drop hot and you have like six teams in this tiny little six, three person teams. Uh, your, your, your teammates will die. And then mm-hmm. if they die and you don't revive them, you have to grab their banner to respawn them. The, the the number of different situations that can happen where it's one V3, 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 V3. There have been some moments where my friend Joe would be, both of us would die. and uh, Me and the other dude would die and Joe would be the last one standing. He would 
move around. He would position himself perfectly to where he would see two teams fighting. He would wait a moment to wait till the other teams got involved. And then he would jump in, throw grenades, headshot people, kill everybody, <laughs> grab our banners, and then revive us. And then we take all the loot and we're ready and we win the game. Dude, those moments, those stories are incalculably, like if you understand it, they're so they, they feel amazing. so I still think about those some so of those good. funny moments where you just do something insane, you know, one one sniper shot, insane. triple kill, or oh like the one I remember, God. the funniest yeah. one is like search and destroy. Mm-hmm. It's on Nuketown. Oh, and, of course, and so my dude. the Classic. the absolute best weren't when we were playing very hardcore. Mm-hmm. But when we were just goofing off, it's all of us. So like everyone riot shield, everyone C4, everyone ballistic knife, like yeah, tomahawks yeah. only. Or like 360 <laughs> no scopes only. So then you're goofing yeah. off. It's low pressure, but if you, you're still doing well. And and like everyone clips. else dies. The bomb is planted. So I have a 45 seconds, and I bl- I ballistic knife all six of the other team and defuse the no. bomb. Time. And so what? it's one of those like super like like I just remember like the heart beating. I'm like lose. I'm like freaking out because I know they're all watching, and it's just like bam, 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 perfect, perfect timing. So you had a 45 second timer. Your team loses, and it's you versus the entire other team because all your friends died because we were doing stupid crap, and you still win. Like that, you just know one the humiliation that the other side's facing, but two, you know while you're doing it, you're sweating because all your friends are de- are totally like doubting you, or they're laughing. Yeah, like they're talking shit and behind your back. After each, after like, each, you ain't kill, gonna do it. They're like, ain't gonna do dude, it. Trevor's so he's so screwed right now. And and after each kill, they're like, oh my god, he might do it. You just know oh, they're wait, they get hyper. And then whenever the, the that round ends, you know they're just freaking out because. You know, you're a hero. And, and it's these, a story that you'll tell for the rest of your life. They're going to tell their kids about that one game. <laughs> that one nuke town. And there's so many, like, examples of these like, crazy, funny, goofy stuff that <laughs> sticks with you. And it was because of that camaraderie that kind of disappears as you get older. Let's To, to keep this back as bonus content. Can I can I explain this for the women? Can I explain this for 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 people who are not gamers? So when you live in a in many a women are gamers, society, but just to clear, yeah. Well, no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. What I what I mean, but people who don't play games, yeah. right? And like I've found that at least in classical music, the many of the women that I mm-hmm. interface with don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. They they're just like you're just so loud. Like my roommates <laughs> don't understand. It's like you don't get it. Okay, so I'm trying to contextualize this Uh in a peaceful society uh as as a male it's really hard to find ways to as a primitive brain we all have primitive tendencies like we we still our society this is one of the first times in human history only times in human history where you can go your whole life without ever having to kill a human being or fight to ever have to to, to fight, you can't really ban. You can't really do tribal stuff. Like we do this implicitly by building communities. One thing in the gaming community that we really love to do is conquer each other, because there's no real ramifications. Somebody doesn't die on the other side, and you learn how to learn. You learn how to optimize your behavior in this digital realm. You learn how to optimize the way you line up your shot angles. Like it teaches you. You learn how to learn. And so it, as a gamer, 
that can be applied to your entire life. And so when you learn how to learn this one thing so well, and then you do something that is so hard and other people are there to witness it, there's a dopamine high that feels what I would imagine to be similar to Alexander the Great winning land battles and building his empire. I love that. Because uh, we, we as again, we've talked about this all the time. As a human civilization, <laughs> we are still very similar biologically, mentally, uh, as people 200 years ago, 400 years mm -hmm. ago, 1,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. It's not mm – -hmm. It's we can't quite evolve out of our brain. It just takes too long for evolution to kick in. What has changed is our systems, available pool of knowledge, and how we assess that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And one, that allows us to understand some of the things that have been in the past – Two, that it should also not absolve things that happened in the past. We should know uh, slavery was bad. <laughs> like that, like there was no, there's no mystery. People knew mm -hmm. it back then. Mm -hmm. Lots of people were talking about it back then. So it's Dream not like diaries. Yeah, it's not like something that was like like unveiling the veil. Like, oh, wait a minute, wait, it's bad. Wait, like these humans these are, are robbed humans? of their entire future. Yeah, and, and just thousands of years back, we know so many things were bad. But back to the point of games and why it's very yes. similar to music. What what is really nice about it, so there's no correlation between video games and violence. That's a lie. And in fact, there yeah. might be some saying it, it suppresses it because what does it do? It keeps people occupied. Uh, some people who might be out on the streets causing crime or whatever, if they were just yeah, entertained, cool. it wouldn't happen. I remember the one time... I got in trouble big time growing up in high school. Uh, story in a past episode was because our booze fell through and yeah, one of the video game this. systems didn't work. <laughs> yeah. And, and like we literally went out and did crime <coughs> because the alcohol fell through, not because of the alcohol. Oh my and, God. That's and hilarious. we ran around and terrorized because we kind of got bored of the games. Like it keeps people inside, it's a safe, controlled environment and to some degree there's a lot of comparisons to music i think that's why you get a lot of musicians playing games is because in music so many in music there's a closed environment in video games it's a closed environment nothing is really at stake and to be frank in music nothing is really at stake you don't miss a note and then die facts if, if you miss a note facts you might make your colleague angry you might mess them up but they don't die like there's but no it happens and, but it's a closed environment. Music happens within their their rules, their 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 guidelines, their boundaries within it. Whether it's the instrument, whether it's you, whether it's your skill, and so a comparable thing is when you you not you nail that that piece, you nail that passage, mm -hmm. you nail that audition. The high it feels when your friends mm -hmm. are in the audience. It's very similar in games. And what's what's at least nice about it? it games is, I think, what really appears to, appeals to musicians particularly classical musicians, is because, again, it's a practice thing. Your colleagues are around there. Uh, when you achieve great things within this system, it feels great. And other people oh, within man. music understand it. When you're playing in your jury class uh, and you're surrounded by other violists and you nail that excerpt, they all know what goes into that. So it's an extra level of high. It's not just playing in the background That's of some high. group where they don't know. When you nail it in front of your colleagues who know what goes into it, that's what that's what feels good. And so video games the same way. If you're all playing at a high level, all your friends, they know 
they know that move was impressive. All playing it, so high And level. so you feel great. And like, we're all kind of seeking that high and acknowledgement. And that's what video games gives you. The difference is video games now is much bigger than classical music. And by much, it's the so top, uh, what, what are the numbers now? It's like the top grossing Entertainment Sport. product yeah, in the like world. Entertainment. Yeah, like entertainment. It's It's more than movies. It's like more than double movies, I think. It's humongous. And now it's global. It's you can play with yeah. people globally. So imagine that high we get from like our niche classical music thing to suddenly this global scale. You can see why people are going for esports because of the payout, because of the prestige. People are going on the Colbert show because they're great at a video game. Because they're a gamer. Bro, you know what I used to talk to people about, like other musicians, when mm -hmm. I explain? So I used to play League of Legends, com like semi-competitively. I, I like was on a team in Mercer. I was the mid. I was the mid player. Well, and we did we did a competition up at Georgia Tech. We got crushed because we're trash, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it is what it is. I used to describe myself on viola. I used to be like saying like I'm like I'm like a platform type player. I'm not pro yet, uh, but I'm auditioning for Juilliard. Like that's how I would explain it to like other league players. What I mean <laughs> is like Hillary Hahn would be like challenger. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like Yo-Yo Ma would be challenging, a challenging yeah. classical musician. Uh, there, there's so few people that can be a professional at this thing. If you think mm -hmm. about globally, the best video game players, they are so good. It's it hurts. It hurts your feelings. Like what they're what they're able to do. Like the fact that you were like going in playing against really good people who've played just as much as you. But in, in Call of Duty, and you were like doing challenges, like riot shields only, ballistic knives only, tomahawks only, three sixties, shotguns. You're trolling them because yeah. it's you have to make the game harder. You're that good at it, and you're that good against good people. There are so many levels to being good at something, and I think that's one thing that we as musicians and gamers have realized is the ceiling at how good one person can be at one thing. And so that's the gift, I think. I think many people don't really uh, have the, the experience with one thing enough mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. In some cases they do. And so then they, they see it in other things. But, I, uh, I love that, that observation of Stu. And that's really why, because mm -hmm. the base game, like, it's very similar for music. Again, the mm -hmm. in air quotes, the base level game mm -hmm. uh, becomes dull after a while, and you have to fix it up. You have to set up challenges, restrictions within restrictions. For ours, it's trolling because it's hilarious. Like you're mm. beating someone with the worst weapon. You see that in these leagues, like these league levels, where they'll they'll come in with a separate character, uh, just they'll so that no one knows. Meta. Yeah, yeah. So no one who has, and they'll go in there and they'll like, okay, I'm gonna choose the worst person. And I'm going to do the worst setup. And I'm still going to destroy everyone here. And it's just a proof of your skill. And that's a different type of enjoyment. And it's music, sending a message. <laughs> it's, it's, and it's humiliating, but it's kind of funny. And so my friends, yeah. our best memories <laughs> were that. And in the music equivalent, it's setting up other types of challenges. Going into a new sphere or sticking yourself within other constraints to be like, hey, I'm going to go in and just do commercial like not commercial in, in a pop sense, but like commercial commercials uh, for cars, but I mean, going in there and like, I'm going to just do as much as I can in the sphere, like setting up these other constraints. Uh, for me in classical music, I really like new music. It's how I get into composition. 
and so I was kind of bored with the standard rep, even though I wasn't, I wasn't great at it anyways. But I liked the challenge and the virtu- virtuosity that was required for new music. Playing insanely mm-hmm. hard pieces appealed to me, and it, and because even if it wasn't necessarily the quality of the music, even though I loved a lot of it, uh, for the most part, I loved almost all these challenges. For me, it was reaching towards that peak of musicianship. It was that different sense of high, uh, mm. where it transitions from fun in a casual sense to a different type of fun. That's what you were just mentioning in the, in the gaming sphere and thinking of the sports sphere. When Tiger Woods is going out there, his fun is different. He can be smiling. It's he can so, be very serious. Mm-hmm. It is possible to see him smile. When he wins, he'll smile. But it's a different approach. He's not going out there just to have fun at golf. He needs to needs to win. He needs to do other things. He has to nail that hard shot or to be consistent. He's looking at such a both a, such a like a deeper micro level and a larger macro level of what what he gets out of it. So that even in the minutia or when it's a career or a job, it's a different we need different things to type of to to kind of get that high. It's the same in gaming, and that's what I like about it is because you can get you can get it in gaming, same. and it's detached. Like I'm not trying to make money from gaming, so it was an easy thing to do, and friends were there. And actually, that might be why in adulthood music becomes harder, at least for me. Why I was stopped playing or writing as much. It's not as much. There aren't people around. There's not right? people around. I'm not impressed. Yeah. With in yeah. school, at least, there's other people around. You go out, you win an ASCAP or a Gold Young Composer award. I could just pull a D string yeah. and people are like, oh my God, I tune. And people remember Dom was yeah. like on the pod and he was like, I love the tuning part. I'm like, really? What? That's all I need to do to impress people is yeah. tune my instrument. It's, well, it's so true. It's so true, though. Like, uh, Things because we're looking out for them can be where we're looking for different things. Like it's a lot of the stuff we can do that can be super impressive is not nearly as impressive as the most basic thing. Uh, like go, you can play a virtuosic piano piece and also play the first eight measures in the Moonlight Sonata, and it will be barely different to anyone else except those who understand which one's easy, which one's not, but also. There's a huge difference between young amateur playing Moonlight Sonata and then hearing Challenger Mode Moonlight Sonata, a professional. David Berenbaum. Who's nuanced, Martha Aldrich, like just nuanced and beautiful. And it can take that piece. Sorry, Daniel Berenbaum. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, I I, I got you. I got you. No, no, no. But I I just, this is a podcast and people are going, no, he doesn't know. (laughs) Can can I say that you touched on something very beautiful? This like this idea. Oh no. Okay. Yes. This idea of like the mindset and the minutia when it comes to be a uh, a musician. I was um, driving home the other day and I saw a mural with a quotation from Maya Angelou, and she said, and it's so beautiful, and it's exactly what I needed to hear. Not just because of a pandemic, not just be- because of like my attitude with music in general, and. It's, it says, quote, if I'm remembering correctly, if you cannot change your circumstances, change your attitude. And so mm. this idea of, I want to tie this into this beautiful thing that you're unearthing about fun. I think that we need to weaponize fun. 
for positive. I think we as kids were taught by adults not to have fun. That fun was irresponsible, that fun, but if fun is used as a learning mechanism and as as a weapon that you only seek fun and you use fun as a motivator, what is fun to somebody like me as a violist right now? It's not playing whole notes, but that's fun for everybody else. What's fun for me is learning new shit. Like being able to play stuff that I couldn't play before. I'm going back and looking at a bunch of hit and miss sonatas that I just put down because I was like, this is too hard. Now I'm looking at it and I'm like, actually, this ain't so bad. I think I might be able to, I think I might be able to do something with this now. You know, and I think that's that's the stuff I'm practicing now. That's fun. That's not work. What work is for me is playing whole notes into logic and making it for money. That's not this. It's not the same thing, but I think we as professionals need to change our attitudes because it can be fun. I have to, I have to change my attitude. I can't change the circumstance. I can't change the fact that we can't get together. I can't change the fact that we can't play games together. We can't be in the studio together, but that's not good enough. It, I need to make it fun. I need to find the fun. And I think we, in this difficult time, need to find our fun and weaponize it by changing our attitudes because we, right now, can't change our circumstances. That was beautiful. <clears throat> Everyone that's rewind and re-listen to it. I think that's what you said. <laughs> the, it, it, and I, I love that. that's what you said. There's so many things it. it can be <laughs> packaged into, but it's beautiful. There's so many things and ways uh, that this touches on that we what we've been talking about over this past year, our first season. And the first one that came yes. to my mind, and I, I love that because it's it's new to me directing this type of focus. Uh, it, it, one of my 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 high school band director's quotes, which I love because it transformed me at that time. And his, his thing, he just would always say, get angry because it's practice time or, you know, it's that last push. Like, we need to do this to go get this competition. And he would get angry. He'd say, you do not have to be entertained. It's kind of like reverse reverse gladiator quote. Yeah. Uh, he's like, you do not have to be entertained. <laughs> and he kept Are saying- Are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> it's reverse gladiator. And he would do that because we'd be goofing off or we'd whine about something tough or practicing because his whole point was like, you don't, not everything is, is a joke or something fluffy or is fun. Like sometimes you have to work at it. And so I viewed it in that lens. But what I think maybe uh, coming off of what you said is that needs to be refrained is like, you need to make that, try to find ways that make that work entertaining. Back to the Netflix abstract all of those videos about all these different artists from the dude who did Air Jordans, a dude who does typography, invented Gothic font, uh, like all these other like obscure things, uh, a, a children's toy maker in abstract. All of them went through hardships, went through challenges, wanted something more, surrounded mm. by colleagues, mentors, and supporters, at moments have overcome adversity, but through all of them, they had a sense of curiosity and a sense of fun. For them, their curiosity was probably the fun part. When they are in their zone, their flow, it's play. Ruth Carter, that's what she was doing. She was 
She was so interested in the history. Dave Chappelle's mother passing on the stories. Uh, is it Grio? I think I think you should call him like the, the the person in the tribe who holds all of the information, the storyteller. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And so she 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 realized, oh, he can kind of be like that. So she passed on all this knowledge. And for him, the storytelling, it was fun. Dave, Dave Chappelle comes down. And while there are some problematic things about him, but even still, like, look at his body of work. It's incredible what he has done and what he's still doing and just his story and the impact he has had on others and on the art form. Can you we can clarify the fun. problematic things about about him? Because, like, I, yeah. I see a lot of hate thrown his way and... It's a little unjustified. I can, I can kind of see one hundred percent. Yeah, and so of course, like specifically, they're targeting him because when he does talk about these subjects, specifically trans people of color and women of color, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and well, like obviously, I can't speak for any of those categories remotely. Uh, it's it, you know, it's it's not in in my eyes to defend or deny because. He the the thing is though he acknowledges it himself in the in the sets so it's you, you know you kind of have to watch what he actually says and he openly talks about it I mean of course the famous one with the last one that got him in a lot of beef with sticks and stones that special uh, yeah in the epilogue where he talks about meeting the trans person who kept coming back to his show because he loved mm-hmm. it and the quote was something along the lines of like if you can't if we can't like make fun of it or have a a laugh about it here. How are we ever going to, you know, like you're talking about Mm us. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's something. That's what I'm saying. It's a normalizing factor. If you can make fun of them while still advocating. And Mm -hmm. I think people are just like, he needs to be an advocate since he's making fun. Look, there are people like, I think that by how famous he is, the fact that he even talks about it normalizes it. This is not some run-of-the-mill dude with a podcast. This is Dave (laughs) Chappelle, one of the most famous people in the whole world. Like, one of the most recognized African-American figures in the whole world. And he chooses to talk about this. And and going off... He talks about it. His recent... The 846, the recent... Yeah. I I wouldn't call it special. Special. Recent micro thing on YouTube. Uh... His his whole opening line is just, just like you don't you know we don't need a celebrity right now like the streets yeah. speak for themselves that's the line he kept saying over and over he's like he, he you know not to mistake <laughs> not to mistake his silence for acceptance of the problem or indifference but that we we don't need a celebrity at this moment because the streets are speaking for themselves. People are fighting for this. He supports it. And he kept saying, he's like, I'm proud. I trust y'all. He's like, I'm in the backseat now. And yeah, I mean, I think that's where it should be. That's, that's what the elders need to do. He's, mm-hmm. he's considered an elder. Like he's, he's in a generation where he's mentoring. He's already mentored the next generation. You know what I mean? His the special where he got the award. I mean, that was just the incredible. Twain. The Mark Twain Prize was just hilarious. But you can kind of see uh, a guidepost and a guideline for where any artist should try to shape their career. I mean, he had a hard, he had a fast start, gets it, loses it all, has 
problems. But all throughout the way, he's still performing at tiny little clubs. He's still in touch with the community. He was nice to almost everyone he interacted with. Everyone loves him. And he'll talk about in his specials, he's, he's like, y'all, y'all like me because you trust me to tell you what I think, tell you the truth, his truth. And also, you allow me to make mistakes and grow. And his uh, another like line, I'm just paraphrasing things he says. He's like, he's like, if we can't have these conversations here, like in the comedy club, through an entertainment lens, this is the last place to have those, where you can yeah. speak freely. Uh, and we, we've said it over and over and over through this podcast, and we're trying to get more communicative with our audience. Uh, the listeners, because we want to have open conversations. So throughout the next the next year, that is kind of our biggest goal, is to yeah. have more conversations, get more people on there, be entertaining, say the things we want to say, uh, make it fun. I think I, I never really thought about it yeah. until today's conversation when we were digging in and relaying all these things to the video games, artists, music, history, and that. What this is, is kind of reintroducing the fun into music. The conversations I had, why I played video games, mm-hmm. was because the friends and conversation. That disappears when you leave college. And I think this is a way to reintroduce actual conversation thinking into our young adult lives. So thank you for that. And I want to keep doing this for forever. So. Yeah, bro. Like, I'm I'm not trying to stop podcasting anytime soon. There's still people in my life that are like, you have a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we still have we still have to evangelize. So we need your help too. Like, tell just okay, so please listeners, you're our only hope. assign to you. No, 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 no. This is what it is. So you know how we end every episode with uh, uh you know five stars only, right? Mm-hmm. You guys have been doing an incredible job. Like, if you look at our rating on iTunes, we're five stars, baby. So thank you, first of all. Second of all, that's your first assignment. Your second assignment, we have two call to actions. If you listen to Joe Rogan, he has nine minutes of ads before his show. So (laughs) you can spare us this. After each episode, if you enjoyed it, tell a friend. Just tell one friend. Just, Just send it to a friend. Just go hit that share button and just send it to... Send it to just text it to them without an explanation. Grab their phone, okay. subscribe, don't tell them, and then wait for them to realize that their data is and that their entire phone is filled with the fake. Oh. <laughs> They're like, why don't I, why can't well, I have photos of my family anymore? Son of a bitch, 58 episodes fake. of the Fakey Dust podcast. podcast. You know what? I'm okay with this. That's okay. That was worthy. I'm I didn't okay need that this. other picture of my my family or my dog or a childhood memory. No. I needed 58 episodes of the Faking Us podcast. We needed some off-color dick jokes in our day. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. So we we love you all. Uh, We mean it. It's been a journey. And it's going to keep going. Yeah. We're only getting started. I'm excited. So that's what we learned. Okay, so that's our book report. Uh, (laughs) Mrs. Sanderson for a, a full year of podcasting. That's what we learned. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So this is our kind of pseudo hybrid bonus and real episode, but we're gonna we're gonna be because <laughs> that's what we do. We 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 
We can't we can't resist we just undersell over deliver, baby. We just can't yeah, we can't resist talking <laughs> and following tangents wherever they lead us and then having you listen to them. So keep doing what y'all doing. Send it to others. Um and then we want we want to hear from you. Yes. Do not be afraid to reach out in any way. You'll probably you know, one day you'll be on here and we'll be chatting and then we can hear you directly and we'll spread you on to the rest of the faking fam. That sounds so we'll weird. Spread we'll, you. Spread, we'll spread you we'll like, spread you like like a like like a sports il- illustrator. <laughs> that was better. I was just thinking you. of like butter and food. Sports illustrator, that's that's much better. I was thinking about food too, but I wanted to take it to a you more, did it. You did uh, you traditionally did. misogynist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know, sports. <laughs> sports. Sports. Oh, video sports. games. <laughs> Food. Testosterone. <laughs> Testosterone is why we is one of the big reasons why oh we die God. quicker. Do you know that? I've heard that actually. Yeah, it, that's it. Kind of like it scary. slowly attacks like other parts. I I can't I can't clarify why, but it attacks your hair. It yeah, attacks your hair fall. Cool. It attacks my pride, but it's part of the. It's one of the reasons we also die younger. Besides the stupid shit we do, it's like a steroid and not oh, wanting yeah. to ask for directions and we just drive off a cliff. <laughs> Driving was, straight off a cliff. I was right. <laughs> it's for our pride. Like, no. No. No, no, no. I have to drive with this cliff. Otherwise, she was right. I should have asked for directions. But no, um, you know what's re- what another extrapolation <laughs> of that is? It's like trying to be a, start the barbecue. Be like, I know how to do this. You've never done this before. <laughs> you get the lighter fluid, and then you blow, you blow up your whole side of your house. Be like, ah. Oh. Frying a turkey. And that, that might be the best metaphor for uh, podcasting. But again, we're gonna keep this coming. This was our first bonus hybrid with real episode. We're gonna we'll, we'll we're gonna figure this out as we go. Just as we've always been. We're just faking notes. So y'all stay safe, okay? Faking notes. One year later. Yeah, and uh, take care of yourself. Peace.